fight And we don't have to kill Everybody in the whole wide world Really just needs to chill No, we don't have to fuss No, no, no We don't have to fight Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Just Chill with Oliver George This is episode 36 And I've got another great guest in store for you But as always, before we get to that I want to remind you If you're watching me on YouTube right now and for whatever reason you'd prefer an audio-only version of this episode, you can get that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. Vice versa to that, if you're listening to me right now and you did not realize there was a visual side to this show, please come check it out on YouTube. However you choose to enjoy the episode, please subscribe, share, like, follow, whatever the case may be. It really does help me out. I'm trying to grow this show from the ground up, and I love reaching awesome new people like you. So... If you've already subscribed, thank you so much. Please tell your friends. Uh, and finally, if you want to reach out to the show for whatever reason, maybe you have a cool guest in mind or maybe just some general feedback, it's justchillpodcasting at gmail.com. Now, as for this week's episode, I had the honor of sitting down and talking with the awesome Stacy Mystician. You may know her best as Caitlin Ryan from the entire Degrassi franchise. She's been there since day one. Uh, not only junior high, Degrassi high, Degrassi the Next Generation, but she even played a different character previously on the Kids of Degrassi Street. So you can't get more OG Degrassi than, than Stacy. Um, so it was a total pleasure to sit down and talk with her. She was a total sweetheart, first of all, but also very inspiring because she's a fitness and wellness coach, which you may not be aware of. But if you aren't, please go check it out because she's got some killer workouts that have been absolutely kicking my ass for the last few weeks. You can find all that at stacymystician.com on YouTube, Stronger with Stacy Mystician. And I, I think you'll really thank yourself for it. So um, I should say also, this was a bit of a weird start to this episode because at the time of the recording, not only was it my birthday, but uh, my older dog had just passed away less than 48 hours earlier. And the night before that, my dad had had a bit of a heart scare. So, uh, and he's okay, don't worry. Um, it, it was a bit of a weird headspace to be in to do an interview, but there was no way I was going to cancel it. And I'm glad I did not because I felt like uh, a real kinship with Stacy. She deals with her own anxiety issues. So I found her super relatable and I felt like I, I truly made a new friend. So um, thank you for checking it out. I will also point out that there seems to be a bit of audio issue on her end. I, it honestly sounds like someone was vacuuming in her house. But uh, regardless, I hope you keep listening because it's not, not really affecting the audio in a big way. And uh, I think you'll love this episode. So thank you so much. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. This is a super cool way to spend my birthday, first of all. Um, happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it was supposed to be actually the 35th episode on my 35th birthday, but I ended up doing an interview on Wednesday that kind of just unfolded. So... Yeah, it would have been cool. ahead. Yeah, exactly. It was, you know, I'll always take the opportunity to chat with people. Um, but yeah, it was a bit of a rough way to start this weekend. Um, Thursday night, my dad had like a, a heart scare kind of thing, which luckily turned out he didn't have a heart attack, but now he's got to, you know, get some tests. It might be angina or something like that. Um, and I mentioned that also because when we do in-studio stuff, my dad is like the, the tech guy sitting over here. So not a co-host per se, but fans of the show might want to hear that he's okay. Um, and then la Friday night, my, my older dog died out of nowhere. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it was rough. Yeah. I've had him through, you know, the birth of all three of my kids and uh, a divorce and it was just like losing a homie for sure. You know? Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. You've had a rough week, man. Yeah. Sorry. Not to start this conversation off on like a bummer <laughs> note, but you know, well, I think I was whining to you. Like I had like so many things. It's, 
which seems like nothing in comparison now. But I just, I, like everything was breaking down in, in this house this week. So. Oh yeah. You had said uh, your car was having issues and everything just kind of happened at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Just one of those weeks too, but that's, that's, you know, that's replaceable. That's fixable. So. I'm yeah. Sorry. You know, those are just the little things when you think about the life and death stuff, it really puts yeah, it in perspective. Absolutely. For sure. Um, and I know, uh, Everybody's got to deal with it, but it doesn't make it any easier <laughs> anytime. And myself, I, I mean, I've had um, not a lot of experience with death, which was something that uh, in my late 20s, so I'm, I'll, you know, I turned 35 today, um, my grandparents finally started to die. Sorry? I said, yeah, you're a baby. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. is it, are you sure it's not your birthday that you didn't just turn 35? Because apparently you don't age. Oh. Uh, come on. Um, but yeah, I, I, my grandparents finally started to pass away. And really, I had never dealt with human death in my life um, other than, you know, if a kid in my class might have died. And even then, I was never really like a best friend or anything like that. So I had little bits of exposure, but I went through like a major existential sort of crisis for like, I felt like a couple of years, just, you know, that realization of like, oh, yeah, death is real. It's totally going to happen to me one day. And it just sinks in a bit. It's a real eye opener. I'm, I'm kind of the same as you. I hadn't, because I have such a small family. Um, I never really had anyone close to me die until just a few years ago. Uh, well, I guess it's been 10 years now. Um, although I had a, a grandfather that I was just starting to get to know when I was living in LA. Um, and I had to take care of him in his last few years. So that was, I guess, my first real experience. But yeah, it's, yeah, when you when you haven't had it really happen to you before, it's it's uh, it is definitely eye opening for sure. Well, it's just bizarre too. It's like surreal. You don't really know um, how to process, and and every situation is obviously different. But uh, I feel similarly sad for my other dog right now because he's always been kind of the big, dumb, strong one, and he just seems sad, like he's looking out the window, like when's he going to come back? You know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Oh, I'm realizing this is a bummer way to start the show, but that's okay. Are the kids okay? I mean, they must be. Yeah. I made a point of, um, cause we didn't really know when it happened, he kind of died in our arms and luckily it was a, like kind of a fast process. Um, relatively speaking, you know, throughout the day he had, he had a few seizures, which he was somewhat prone to throughout his life, uh, intermittently, like once or twice a year, he would have a minor seizure and I had almost brought him in emergency situations, what I thought, but then he would always be back running around 20 minutes later, just sort of, you know, like acting like it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, but this time was different and uh, he would usually throw up and kind of lose his balance. And then, uh, yeah, it, it just kind of got, the breathing got worse and we kind of, it dawned on us at one point, but he was an old dog. So you're at that juncture where you're like, are we really going to rush him to the vet to have them charge us a grand to just tell us that he's dying tonight? Or are we going to just be here for him? You know, he was very confused after the seizures anyway. So I don't think he was, really with it and we just kind of it was for me it was kind of good to be there i feel like you know i was yeah, supposed no, to absolutely um that's that's actually my first pet um that was my first real experience with death was um at 17 my my favorite cat died um oh, no. and we were there he was sick um but he was that was you know as a child too right that's it's he was my buddy he was yeah the one that got it's me huge I was dealing with so much. So he was, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it feels almost like a family member for sure. I get it when people say that, but, um, anyways, 
I mean, you know, that was, it's healthy to talk about this and I sure as hell wasn't going to cancel this interview. So here it is. This is yeah. Um, thank you again for taking the time. And uh, I want to shift to more positive things. I thought we would start with like what you're up to in the present and kind of work backwards because everyone wants to hear the Degrassi stuff, but I like to hear more about where you're at now, you know? Um, so Stronger with Stacy Mystician is the YouTube channel, which is relatively new. Yes. Yes. It's a brainchild of my good friend and uh, producer, Jen Schlumberger. She, uh, she works at CBC. She does a bunch of stuff. And she knew I was uh, starting with the training, the, the fitness training. And um, she kind of proposed the idea to me because I was doing little um, things on Instagram. Every now and then I would post like free sample workouts, not to the same extent as on YouTube, um, but just like, here's a little circuit you can do. Repeat that four times, you know, yeah, yeah. smaller scale. She's like, why don't you, you know, I can help you do some. Let's start a channel. Um, I'm like, okay, if you're going to do all the editing side and all the technical stuff, then great. Because otherwise I just don't have the time or wherewithal to, to, to get my head around that. Well, you've got kids as well. Yeah. And I got kids and I got clients. And so it's yeah. just, yeah. And, and my kids are doing in-home school. So same, I'm kind of a teacher same. during the day, help, right? So, yeah. but um, we've been having fun with it. I actually find that I really enjoy doing them. And, and that's kind of my way of feeling like I'm, doing something because I was feeling frustrated, you know, with COVID, not being able to do so much to help yeah. others. And so it's, I'm helping myself at the same time, of course. <laughs> well, in COVID, it seems like there's that two avenues you can go down. It's either like focus on fitness or start drinking too much and eating <laughs> shit food, you know, yeah, it's, it's one or the other. So I'm kind of, or you can, I, I seem to toggle between both, but you just have to yeah make sure it's a balance right exactly the balancing <laughs> yeah balance is so key that's the one thing i'm learning the, the older i get and i still suck at it a lot of the time but i very much recognize that that's the key i think to happiness in life is balance it's all the you know buddhist sort of zen vibe they're always so balanced that's i need that on my inner core you know uh, we all do it it's a, i don't know if we ever fully learn it but we learn more as we go what's important and what's not important to us right so I'm, yeah. I'm still learning but and always trying to learn that. trying to learn is so important too and like you know people i find a lot of them get more stubborn the older they get and <laughs> if you can try to shed that it's so so helpful to just keep trying yeah. to be open-minded and you know keep trying new things yeah, i've always absolutely. been a, sorry sorry it's so hard i hate zoom so much for cutting people off I, I just have to stop <laughs> while you're talking. Well, no, I do that to other people just as much. I saw one of your videos where you were talking to your husband about stuttering and you had said that that was one of your issues because you're such like an eager talker. So <laughs> uh, at least you'll, you'll understand my pain here. If I cut you off, it makes me feel better. Well, see, I mean, now you know why I do it too, right? That's my poor husband. <laughs> yeah. You got to pace yourself sometimes. Yeah. It's, um, Listening is another thing to go along with balance. That's a huge thing that I try to, even if I suck at it again, I'm always striving to be a better listener because I think it's really important. Well, in doing these podcasts, that's a good way to teach, right? You're, you're definitely doing a lot of listening to other people's stories. So. Oh, it's so cool. That's like, I don't know. I, I have tons of anxiety. I have OCD and um, 
when I'm doing this stuff is one of the times where I feel the most like in the present moment, which is something I normally struggle with, but it's just so cool meeting other people, especially people that like I grew up watching on TV. That's a whole other thing. But um, even just somebody local, like uh, have another comedian come in or something like that, you know, it's everybody's got a story and you can always learn and evolve through other people's experiences almost vicariously. Like, yeah, it's just such a great, it's one of my favorite things in the world to do. And it sucks having to do it via zoom, but at least I get to talk to people now who aren't in Ottawa like you. So <laughs> true. Exactly. Over lining. You know? um, so the workouts, uh, I want to say that we did, my fiance and I did one of your workouts this morning. Um, oh, we're pretty active. We work out together at least a few times a week and, uh, we, Thought it was pretty intense. It was pretty on par with the, the guys that we had been following before, okay. uh, sort of our regular workouts. Uh, we were sweating our ass off though. And I had a few physical takeaways from this. Uh, which one was it? I wrote it down here. The full body okay. shred cardio. Okay. First takeaway, the one-legged pistol squats are way harder than they look. Yes, yeah. Like, wow. Um, the lateral <laughs> shuffle with taps was super fun because it made me feel like a silly cartoon character. I, I don't know why that matters, but it's like, you know. It's all, again though, even in workouts, it's all about balance. You gotta, you gotta have some, you gotta make it fun too. And so you gotta, you know, change it up. That's a whole part of like programming these things is progressions and making it interesting. There's a lot of, a lot of work that goes into it. But anyway, go on, what are your- um, I, th I don't think I only had one more. Um, oh, just that Renegade Rows were badass. I had never um, seen those before. I just love learning new exercises that you can do with just your body. Um, and my fiance also said she loved all the positive reinforcement and that it was funny. You were joking around about like, let's take a nap now and stuff like that. So, um, but- Oh, that's- Oh no, go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. Gonna say that. We're going to be doing this the whole time, right? This whole interview is just going to be us awkwardly like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I was just going to say thank you so much for that. It's so nice to get any kind of feedback because I don't, well, people make comments and stuff. They'll leave comments, which is great. I love when people do. So I'm so nice. Um, and they happen. So that it's, it's very encouraging. Um, and just so you know, what, what we're actually working on right now, Jen and I, even like just before doing this podcast, I was rushing to get it done in time. We're starting um, to shoot a package that we'll be offering to people. Oh, cool. um, this one will be specifically for beginners. Because I realize even when you're doing uh, workouts online that you say, okay, these are for everybody. And you can offer modifications and progressions. But... If, if if we or if we do one specifically for a beginner, it's a lot easier to kind of slow the pace down and not be quite as intimidating. Yeah, um, the people that maybe are just starting out. So that's what I'm 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 doing right now. So yeah, because a lot of people that don't work out, they'll do they'll go way overboard and then they'll be like, oh, I'm so sore, I'm never doing this again, and they have this yeah. negative connection there because of that first bad experience that was way above maybe their their level that they should be at. Yeah, and then maybe they'll be too afraid to work out again. Exactly. Stop yeah. trying. So I want them to feel it's safe yeah. and, and feel good about what they're doing. So this successful, one will be like, scaled down know. with with progressions like each week, but minor, minor yeah. progressions. Yeah, because you want that feeling of success like you're getting somewhere, you know, it's yeah. the victory feeling or whatever, it's great. Um, the one thing uh, I wanted to say was that this is sort of like a new thing you're doing, but it's under the banner of the Moana Mist fit, right? Like you've been doing training and personal training and fitness coaching and all that for much longer. 
Um, and you have packages and all that. So we got a shout out to your website just so that people can go check it out. StacyMystician.com. Um, I want to spell the last name because I got to admit, I didn't know how to pronounce it before uh, <laughs> until I saw you in some of the Degrassi Palooza stuff and I heard people saying it. But um, Mystician is M-I-S-T-Y-S-Y-N. It'll also be in the description for this episode. So I don't know. Wow. I don't know why I did that. I didn't realize. Yeah, it's going to be right there. Anyways, maybe that, they're just that was listening. very impressive, though. Yeah. You got like major points for being able to spell it so quickly and so well. Oh, it's written down. <laughs> I write all my notes on uh, like with Sharpie on paper. Sorry, right, fine. <laughs> I find it helps. I don't know. It's part of my like, uh, I guess, tradition when I do these podcasts now. It's uh, writing stuff out just really cements it into my brain a lot more. Oh, sure. I, I'm, I'm such a note taker. I have to write everything out for, for my brain to really get a hold on what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> Yeah, well, the older I get, lists are so key, too. Just, like, things you need to get done. It's the best feeling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, totally, yeah. Check that bugger off. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when did your fitness journey begin, then? That's probably the, the best starting question. So I actually um, it was a few years after the show ended. So we did Schools Out. Um, I finally made, it was a few years after that I finally made uh, my journey to L.A., because my manager had moved out there to become an agent. Uh, I might have my grandparents living out there. I was actually born in LA, so I had dual citizenship. I have dual citizenship. Um, so I was kind of like, okay, I have to do this. Um, I went with pretty much nothing. You know, the old story. It's like, I didn't even know how to drive yet. I learned how to drive in LA, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, that and, is crazy. <laughs> And it was this beat up old junky Subaru car that uh, kept breaking down on me everywhere. Oh, no. Um, but anyway, I, I survived through that. And it, I was still doing the acting. I was getting, you know, parts here and there. I do a lot of independent films. So I was, I was working on and off. And I had, like, every part-time job you could probably ever imagine. The weirdest um, jobs in there. What was the weirdest? I need to know the weirdest. <laughs> My very first weird job, um, photo for a foot fetish magazine. That was my what was it? What? It was a, a photo shoot for a foot fetish magazine. Oh, okay. Now I understand why you purposely sort of said that low. Okay. <laughs> yeah, wow. Just, automatically. Yeah. Um, I was, there was a date doctor thing that I actually like, I got the job and then I, I just decided I didn't want to do it. Like they train you how to like go out on dates with people and you're, you're taking notes to kind of teach them after Weird. what they did wrong oh my God. or what they did right. But it's to help them kind of like. That's bizarre. Yeah. So I mean, that could be kind of a fun job, I guess, if you were like really a nice person and you were trying to really help these people as opposed to being like super judgmental and just making them feel like shit. <laughs> But it's still weird. I, I've never heard of that in my life. Wow. I, I don't know if it took off or how it did. But I, I think people just go on Tinder now. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, everything kept changing anyway on that platform. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> but so anyway, back to the, yeah, back to back the fitness, fitness stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, I just realized, though, it took me a long time, I think, to really figure out that acting was was pretty much all I had known how to do for a long time. And I wasn't even sure that I wanted to keep doing it. Um, I'd also been struggling a lot with body image and just mental abuse for myself, physical and mental abuse. 
uh, and I do suffer from anxiety and it took me a long time to really fully appreciate and realize that. So I was um, abusing myself basically and I needed to find healthier outlets and learn how to actually um, be good to myself. So a friend of mine, I started one of the jobs. That's how I started getting into this. I tend to go off on tangents. Sorry. I do that all the time. So (laughs) you're right at home here. I started one of my jobs was uh, working behind the counter at Gold's Gym in Hollywood. Okay. Which was super fascinating. Met tons of personalities and interesting characters. Um, And one of the trainers there uh, became a good friend of mine, Brano. And he, uh, he would always like train me on the side. He would teach me stuff. And then he told me that a friend of his, um, Michael Thurman, uh, he used to, he actually um, used to be a professional bodybuilder, uh, was on ABC Extreme Makeovers back when that was a thing. Okay. Um, he was doing this six week program of training people to be trainers. And, um, so I, I hopped on board and, uh, I learned so much. I have to say from him. Um, and I got certified while I was out there as a, a personal trainer. Um, so I started working through his company, um, extreme makeovers, uh, not extreme makeovers. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, no. That was the show. Brain fart. Um, but I started working through him and uh, would work at gyms and I would do training people. And he had his special technique. Like he would, he would actually like appraise, he would do all the um, assessments for all the clients and he would uh, tell us, he would send those assessments via like voice recorder, dictaphone on our phone. Oh, say, they, this is what you need to work on. This is what you have to do for her or him. Uh, go. And, um, but after a while I learned how to do my own assessments and not have to be so reliant on him. And I was becoming more and more interested in how to relay that for myself as well. I was, you know, learning healthy habits for myself. So it was helping myself and other people at the same time. And I was really, really, um, finding that I enjoyed that. It was very satisfying. So, um, when I moved to Canada after my grandfather passed away, um, and I broke it up from this five and a half year relationship, I, I decided I didn't really want to stay in LA. LA was not really, uh, my thing, my cup of tea. Could be intense. Well, I I would Canada. What's that? It could be intense place to live. I would imagine. It's a lot of hustle. It's yeah. a lot. And especially now that I was removing myself from the acting, that was part of it too. I just, I hated having to feel on all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets to you, especially if you're in that profession. So I was slowly kind of removing myself and putting myself more into the fitness area. So when I moved back to Canada, um, one of the first things I did was get certified in Canada. So I had my certification here. Uh, and then I got pregnant. Oh. I, uh, while I was actually writing the exam, um, I had to keep peeing. <laughs> What's going on? And I realized after that it was because... Um, I was actually pregnant. Um, I didn't think I could get pregnant uh, at first because uh, I'd been diagno- diagnosed with PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. And um, but I did, uh, which was fantastic. Awesome. And yeah. I kind of put that on hold. So I still worked in the fitness industry, but more uh, behind the desk 
uh, for a while while I was pregnant because I just well yeah you're not doing cartwheels <laughs> yeah I mean I still I got a job right away where I could have been training at a club but I didn't uh, yeah I don't know why I just didn't want to to get into it at that point or I just felt well, I meant when you were pregnant like yeah you're not gonna work yeah I out. knew I'd have to stop eventually anyway and I yeah. also I think I always kind of preferred the idea of working for myself rather than in a in a club so there was that as well but anyway i um then i had two kids and i was a home uh i was a stay-at-home mom for many many years and now my children were both old enough to go to school i decided i was going to get recertified yet again nice i did i let the other certification lapse and it's always good to stay current yeah. that's one of the things you have to do when you're certified right is every year you you you, you throughout the year you keep getting uh, credits and you keep learning you keep educating yourself and then you renew so i am back again how recent is that for you uh before the new year just before the new year I okay again. So, so before 2020 just, shit hit the fan situation started right before the shit hit the fan like literally i was like all ready to go start training i got all my equipment i set up my gym my home gym in the basement which was fortunate um at least because i can still do the virtual using that space yeah exactly myself, but no clients in person anymore so yeah i had to rethink everything um but it gave me time to work on a website because i didn't even have my website yet um started doing the YouTube channel. So all that stuff was kind of because of COVID as well. So double-edged sword. I well, and I saw you offer um, like programs that people can get off your website for yeah. doing stuff at home and progressive stuff like that. What I really liked was your emphasis on like customized workouts, because I think that everybody thinks you got to follow a certain plan, but a lot of the time, if you try to follow a plan that's not right for you, you're going to do way more damage than you are any good to your body. So um, I just thought that was a really good focal point for what you're doing, you know? Thank you. Yeah, I get, it's funny. I get, a lot of people will ask, you know, like, what do you eat? Can you tell me what you eat or what do you do? But it doesn't matter what I do or what I eat. True. Right? Because my body type is going to be different from somebody else's body type. Yeah. And that's the problem. A lot of people fall into these cookie cutter um, training programs or they'll just do whatever. But people have different things they can't do. I have clients uh, that have knee injuries that can't do a lot of squatting or deep squats. Yeah. And I have to, I have to customize them. Or things them. they can't eat. Things they can't eat. Allergies, intolerances. Yeah. I have a, I have a client who has extreme anxiety. She can't get her heart rate uh, up too high, or oh. she'll have a panic attack. So there's all these things. Wow. Everybody is so different, and that's what I love about what I do is that I can kind of really cater to each person's specific needs. That's weird. I never thought about that because um, like I have massive anxiety, but it'll be like when I'm trying to pick a cereal at the grocery store. <laughs> um, but you know, working out is one of those times when it's true, your heart is beating like crazy, but it's never bothered me in that way. And it's quite the opposite. All the endorphins or whatever take over and uh, it's a, a relief of anxiety for me. Yeah. And for me too, I'm like that too. Yeah. I definitely, need that rush i need my heart getting up there and it feels good but again like everybody's different like she she can still get those endorphins going but we just have to At a make lower sure level that it's, yeah she has to feel like she's in her comfort zone right mm -hmm. and so once you can overcome that but i think it's got to be gradual you can't just go from here to there yeah um you gotta 
make sure that 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 person is feeling comfortable and confident in what they're doing and working up to it so that they can get their heart to a certain um, heart rate that's going to be beneficial to them. Um, but either way, they're, they're, they're doing something and they're feeling good about yeah. themselves, right? So You got to start somewhere, yeah. yeah. And it's so true. Like everything pre-workout is so important too. You can't just start doing burpees out of nowhere. You're going to pull something. You got to do the stretch or at least some kind of a flow thing. I've been getting into those lately, like the daily flow um, you know, where you kind of like slap your arms around and, and, you know, just punch freely, all this kind of stuff. It's so, I don't know, it feels good for the soul being all loose and, you know, just let it go. Yeah. And, and it's crazy. I see so many online workouts that don't have a, a warm up or a cool down. Yeah. So they just expect people to go in there and say, okay, let's go. And okay, you're done. I'm like, what is that? That's crazy. safe. Like, so um, anyway, that's, that's my pet peeve. <laughs> no, totally. I can relate to that. The guy that we've been, ever since the pandemic started, uh, we used to go to the gym regularly before, but we had to find um, some sort of home option. And we also wanted to find something that the kids could try to handle at least um, that wouldn't be like totally out of their limit because, you know, there's no gym class if they're staying home. So, um, and we found this guy called Bully Juice on YouTube. He's like an ex-Marine or something. Um, so he's very much like that. It's like, drop and give me 20 kind of stuff. But uh, he's, you know, and that's one of the comments my fiance made when we did yours this morning. She was like, she's so positive. And uh, because Bully Juice gives you like a thumbs up and then one of these, that's the most you get out of him. But anyways, not to hate on Bully Juice. Again, too, like people, it's funny, people react to different things. Like I had a client once when I was in LA who, who wanted me to be more like drill sergeant with her. It's funny. People yeah. respond to, to different kinds of personalities. So sometimes I have to kind of adapt too to what the client wants. But for the most part, yeah. I That's so funny. Them. They're <laughs> like, yell at me louder. You're like, I can't. I'm somewhat of a meek person. You know? <laughs> it's, it's weird to have to change your personality for that situation. Well, not like change who you are, but I mean, I can be more forceful when people need that, when they want I'm sure that. you can. I just don't think of you that way because, you know, maybe just because I've seen you on Degrassi all these years, but you seem like somewhat of a soft-spoken person, dare I say. I don't know if that's overstepping. I don't know but what you said. You what? I said, I have a bitchy side. Yeah, most of the, most of the soft-spoken <laughs> people do. I don't really know you, right? Yeah, I'm meeting you now. <laughs> um, but uh, the other thing I wanted to say I really loved about your new channel was that you're clearly, um, I, I would hope you're planning on putting more, but you're also having videos like the one with your husband uh, talking about stuttering, where you know, you're, you're doing the mental and the physical and how important that balance is just to bring up balance again. Um, and also in that video, I got to say, you must be a geek because I saw you had Leonardo socks and I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in this nerdy room. But um, yeah, that was really beautiful too. Uh, hearing your, your husband express uh, himself about that topic, especially towards the end when you, you got a little choked up. Um, I just love seeing stuff like that because you know, someone out there is going through that. And if they see that video, it's going to just resonate with them and maybe help them through that difficult period of their life that he's describing from his past. So, um, you know, and likewise, of course, with your brother passing uh, tragically by suicide, uh, that video with your sister was extremely powerful as well, but it, it needs to be out there, I think. And I, obviously you think, because there's such a stigma and, uh, you know, people need to talk and not be afraid to open up about this stuff because otherwise we'll lose somebody else, you know? I think of nothing else, um, one of the positives of COVID is I hope 
really getting people to be more introspective and to listen and to talk. I mean, it's, I don't want people to think that I just, I just want to put myself out there because it's hard to be vulnerable. And I'm not that kind of person. Like I, I have anxiety before doing those kind of um, interviews, but I, I do feel they're important because like you said, um, it's, there's a real connection, physical and mental, they go together and that's what I'm doing and that's what I'm all about. So I can't just do the physical stuff and then not also address people's emotions and things that might people are uh, dealing with or coping with. And I mean, there's so many different things, right? And I can only touch on so many and I can only have so many guests in my house yeah. during COVID. So, um, well, no, you can always do a Zoom thing like this too, but, you but know. I could, exactly, exactly. So. No, it's, it's very important. And uh, I think suicide specifically, obviously there's a stigma. A lot of people don't, they just want to brush it under the rug and not really talk about it because it's uncomfortable. Um, and, and I had told you in, in the comment section of your episode that I, uh, had lost a friend a few years ago. He was my brother's best friend. So I don't want to take that away. It was more of his friend, but the guy was the nicest guy ever. He lived with, um, at my parents' place for a little while even, and, um, definitely had nothing but positive memories of the guy. And he was a, a Muay Thai fighter. So I'm not sure if that may have contributed. I know there's a lot of, uh, research being done these days that, impact to the head can have a lot of uh, repercussions on mental health following and following years or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was just such a shock to the system to be like, wow, this person that I thought was so happy and, and, and that's not always the case. Sometimes people have warning signs or whatever that might be miserable, but whatever the case, it's, it's still a shock. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that well, what I was going to ask you honestly was what would be your advice to someone who might be, just now experiencing a similar tragedy uh what's the your biggest takeaway 10 years later you know that helps you deal oh my gosh right away i can tell you that uh i needed i definitely needed to talk to someone about it you cannot you cannot bottle it up um i tried like I, i mean it's you don't always know who to talk to and i didn't have anyone really to talk to um I mean, I don't live that close to my family and they were, everyone's kind of going through it their own way. And I was still going to work. I was working in an office at that time. And I actually had a nervous breakdown in the office one day, which was embarrassing. But it's totally understandable though. Yeah, and I mean, whether they got it or not, I mean, I don't even care because mm-hmm what it told me was that like, I just, I had to talk to somebody and um, luckily uh, my mom had, uh, someone had put my mom in touch with um, Toronto Distress Center and they have, um, they have group sessions, but they also have like one-on-one where it's like one-on-two. They have like a, I guess a professional therapist and then someone who's actually been through it or has lost somebody um and uh they will both sit with you and i remember the first day i got there and i was it was downtown i hate driving downtown and trying to find parking and then trying to find the place and i'm like i'm racing i'm out of breath and i get there and they're just like they they told me after it's like i we could just visually see that you were like like so anxious just so tense you just needed to 
And, uh, and I did. I just needed that outlet because I was literally going to explode. I did explode. I exploded in the office in front of everybody. Um, oh. Right? It's... Well, it's like a valve. It has to be released at some point. The pressure is just too much. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that's, that's my biggest takeaway. My biggest advice is to just find someone who, who you feel safe with, who's going to be non-judgmental, who will just listen and, and, you know, maybe offer some, some guidance as you're speaking, but um, just to, to, to be able to, to hear yourself what your thoughts are and, and writing stuff down. That was the other thing too. I'd write a lot of stuff down. I'd write poems. I'd write just what my feelings were. I wrote a, a victim impact statement because there was, there was a person who was indirectly responsible for my brother taking his life. Oh, just, no. you know, like a, a girlfriend who kind of took advantage of him, did all sorts of criminal things. And um, I wrote a victim, my sister and I both wrote a victim impact statement that we so badly wanted to send her, and my mom was like, "No, no, no! Don't send it! Don't send it!" And uh, but just writing it out uh, was helpful, you know, just to, to get those feelings out there. That's good advice. I'm glad you were able to share that, and I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. Uh, I don't know what else to say. It's uh, my heart goes out to you. Uh, and also, of course, I don't have a huge subscriber count. We're still working on that. But if anyone is watching this and is feeling suicidal, please seek out help. There's a lot of professional places that can help you. I'm sure you can find with a Google, but email my show. If you need someone to talk to like, I, it's honest to God, you know, like you never know. Right. So I just wanted to say that for the record. Um, well, this has been a happy episode between the intro and now, but, um, I appreciate it. Happiest episode. Happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> No, but you're awesome. This is, uh, you know, I had anxiety. I get anxiety before every interview and every time it dissipates pretty quickly, depending on the interview, but um, you're very easy to talk to. So I, I do thank you for taking the time again. Um, well, likewise, likewise. Thank you. Let's go to uh, not, so I do have a bunch of fan questions for you that I got off the Facebook group when I told them I was going to be doing this interview. I thought that would be a fun way to, you know, get the, the fan community involved. But before I get to that, I want to go, um, just keep going back through time here. This one, I don't know when's the most recently you've done this, obviously not during COVID, but you were a DJ with <laughs> Amanda Steptoe. Yeah. Is, it, is this something you've done still recently or is this just the early 2000s? No, no, this was, uh, when was it? Well, it was after it was, late 2000s okay late yeah um but uh yeah amanda and i did it for a while uh we took it on tour we we traveled uh, cross country it was part of uh in between days so it was myself uh dj miss delicious <laughs> dj demanda that was amanda steptoe who played spike and uh dj sean mcdee who was uh, sean mcdonald who owns uh disgraceland which sadly just shut down Oh no! Um, That's a restaurant. And then we right? took it on tour. What's it, was a it was a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, it's a restaurant pub. Okay. Um, okay. Very cool, right in uh, Blur and uh, Danforth. No, no, Blur and uh, the Annex, uh, West Toronto. <laughs> Let's just say. Okay. I'm um, vaguely familiar. I go to Toronto sometimes, but I'm you know I'm an Ottawa guy. No, I'm in Whitby now too, so I'm like a, there you <laughs> like go. that area. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> West of Whitby. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so the three of us, we were uh, we were touring and we would do uh, 80s nights at Disgraceland, which was the, the pub, uh, the bar. And uh, so much fun. Just so much fun. Just have a so, blast. 
a, a big 80s music fan then? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. That was, that was my music growing up. Yeah, I suppose it makes sense. But that's cool that you were able to share that with the next generation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they got a kick out of the 80s music too, so. Yeah, I don't know that much 80s music, to be honest. I was born in 85, so like when I was hitting teenage years around 2000 or whatever, I thought 80s was like super lame. Like I thought 80s music, all the, the synthesizers and like it was just so digital, you know? Very, very digital, very synthesized. But I noticed that almost has been making a comeback. Well, that's the thing. This all comes in waves, you know? I'm sure yeah. when that hit in the 80s, it was like, whoa, you know, so cool. Uh, and and there will always be cycling, I think, through music and fashion. And it all comes full circle eventually. Exactly. It all comes back. <laughs> Everyone will eventually be wearing what their grandparents wore or something like that. The hipsters did a lot of that, you know? I just hope that hair doesn't come back. That's yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the spray hair was a bit much. It was, it was too much. Amanda is a good example <laughs> with Spike's crazy hairdo. Um, I want to talk before getting into those Degrassi questions about the kids of Degrassi Street, because this is the one series I got to admit I was never like privy to because I, I started watching Next Generation and, um, and Degrassi High when they were playing them in the late 90s when I was in middle school. So it was, that's, that's my story there, but I never ever saw any of these. I've seen clips on YouTube, but um, you, Neil, the late Neil Hope, um, I believe were like the only two that went all the way through. Um, well, as main characters, yes. But yeah, there was okay. also um, Arlene Lott who played Nancy. Oh yeah. Um, and, uh, John Iwanu, who played Pete in Kids of Degrassi Street, went on to play Alex Yanku oh, okay. in some of the earlier Degrassi. So there's a few holdovers from, from the early, early. But it's all non-canon, right? Because they've all got different names, those characters. Yeah, yeah. Well, they asked us. It's interesting. They asked us after Kids of Degrassi Street and before they were going to start the new show, they kind of took us aside and said, if you had a choice, would you rather keep your same characters or would you rather play a new character? And all of us except uh, Pete, uh, John Ayuana, who played uh, Pete, wanted to keep the same character, uh, wanted to change their character. He wanted to keep his character and we all opted for new ones. Um, so I think, I think they just kind of kept his character similar to the Pete character. Um, in a way, honestly, it would have been kind of cool if they had a, kept the same characters just to add extra yeah. chronological, you know, length to Degrassi's narrative. Absolutely. I think for us, my, well, speaking for myself, I think my decision to want to play a different character was because after playing it for, it wasn't that many years, but as from an actor standpoint, I wanted to challenge. I wanted to, um, and Lisa was great. I loved Lisa, but I really wanted something more exciting. I, I wanted to play the bad girl. I mean, in truth, I wanted to play like the Spike character or the, the Stephanie K character or just something with a bit of a danger to it. So yeah. instead they made Caitlin like an aspiring rebel, which, you know, eh, it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, well, what was that like then? Because you were so young when you started on that show. What was it like? I'm sure everyone always wonders about being a child actor um, because we've seen some people that don't turn out so great. You obviously not being the case, but... Um, well, I almost didn't turn out so great. <laughs> well, you're the go through that. pinnacle of health now, it seems. So, you know, um, but what was that like growing up on set, essentially? And, and I also was curious if you have plans to act ever in the future again. 
sort of both ends of the spectrum there. <laughs> I, uh, I leave that door open. It's not, I'm just happy to kind of be removed from the stress and the anxiety of the, like, I always felt like I was kind of a slave to the industry because it's like, oh, you've got an audition. You got to drop everything you're doing, prep this role and you probably won't get it or you might get it, but you just, and you're going out with like hundreds of other people. And that's, it's just a constant auditions for me. I was were, were never my strong point to begin with because of my anxiety. Um, it makes sense. But when I'm in a character, I love doing that. And I, I think I, I am a good actress. I just, um, it's that needing to prove yourself all the time that really, you know, it does your head in after a while. You just have to have a very good, strong personality that is okay with that and um, uh, can bounce back regularly. And I just really was tired of it and there wasn't enough payoff for me. So I think um, I'm still open to it because I like acting. I do love it and I do enjoy playing different characters. And But you're not gonna chase it down on. in the same yeah. way. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I don't wanna go after it. If something happens, great. Um, but it's it's not on my agenda. And what, what, also, help, what also helps is um, James, my husband, is an actor. <laughs> as well so one actor in the family is is enough <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> so i can live vicariously through him and uh when he can when he has an audition i can be like oh glad it's not me <laughs> yeah that's funny because you're talking about how those situations made you kind of anxious uh and i obviously have anxiety i've mentioned as well and i'm at the other end where like i've done stand-up off and on for about five years and i do a lot of musical comedy with a guitar i write funny songs and stuff um but about a year, maybe two years ago now, I, uh, I got like a small part in a made for TV Christmas movie, like, you know, life channel oh, yeah. or whatever, but I was the guitarist in the band. I didn't have any lines, but it was really, I really loved the experience just being on set. And, um, yeah. I felt cooler. We were special skills extras. So I look at all the regular <laughs> extras like, Psh. um, I'm just, nice. kidding. um, but yeah, it was, it was really cool. And the main thing that I noticed was that compared to doing comedy, there was so much less anxiety for me. Part of that is like, because you can do another take. You know, like yeah. on, on stand-up platform, it, you can recover, so to speak. But if you start to bomb and things go south, you can't just be like, oh, can we, can we take that from the top? The audience can be like, uh, no, probably. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting you say that because I'm now getting to the point where I'm signing up with like an agency and trying to actually start getting auditions. And, oh, and now I'm like, should I actually do this? I have horrible anxiety. Well, but then again, too, I mean, I left doing theater. Oh, yeah. But, and, and theater, it's like stand-up comedy, right? You can't, you can't redo a take yeah. if, uh, if you mess up. So there's that. But once you already have the part, like, you can just throw yourself into it. And there's that, um, that rush, that adrenaline rush. Oh, of course, yeah. It's pretty exciting. And I do love that immediate you know, feedback, audience feedback when you do theater. So, um, well, not only the rush when you're doing it, but... Uh... There's, at least in comedy, the feeling I love the most is when you do a set, it goes really well, and then you just get to like sit back and watch the rest of the show and feel all cool, like, yeah, I didn't screw up. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's great. But I guess in small doses for me, I'm hoping the acting thing maybe will be more up my alley. I'll always do comedy, I think, intermittently, but 
there's the, you know, I, I find I have a hard time calling myself like a stand-up comic because I know real stand-up comics, like a lot of them, and they grind in a way that I definitely don't think I'm ever going to be capable of. So, you know, I feel like a poser a bit when I call myself a comic. Um, well, and that's the other thing too that I forgot to say is that um, one thing that I don't have that I think you need as, as a as an actor, if you're just starting out, especially, is to be able to have that confidence to promote yourself. And I was ne- I was never very good at like putting myself out there. Or, um, I just don't have that confidence that some people have for that. And yet, I can still do like videos and all. Like, if it's something that I'm doing myself, yeah, um, I'm okay to be myself and put myself out there. Um, but. Uh, and I probably would do a lot better now at this stage of my life than I would before. Cause before I just felt like I had a lot more to prove. So if you're coming from a place where you're just like, you're happy with where you're at, you've got your family and now you just want to do this because it's something you like to do and it's fun. Yeah. You'll probably do a lot better than if you're feeling like my life depends on this and I have to get this role or exactly. else I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be able to eat today. And yeah. <laughs> You know, no, I mean, uh, yeah, the money, if you get a gig or whatever, is obviously sweet, but um, I do this show and I don't make any money off this. I get paid in amazing experiences, you know, like I've talked to, like, this is just the second season I'm kicking off now. I think this is episode four and we did 32 episodes last year and that was the first year and I got to talk to like Fred Penner, Kim Mitchell, um, you know, Body Break, um, uh, Hal and Joanne, you know, Spenny from Kenny versus Spenny. Just, I don't want I'm not name dropping here, but like it was, oh, I'm, I'm saying the names more because I can't believe it. I look back and I'm like, holy shit. And it makes me feel proud of the work I put in and, and happy that, you know, thing, the cards fell as they did. And, and it makes me want to keep going, but I'm definitely not getting paid. <laughs> so I'm not I, doing I it for that. that. I hear that. But it, it, that's what it comes down to, right? You've got to, you've got to enjoy it. Yeah. If you don't enjoy it, then there's no use putting yourself out there doing a hustle and bustle, right? It's- yeah, exactly. Well, and I had pitched to CBC at one point during the beginning of the pandemic. They had like a, we're going to help out some people that are creative types or whatever. And I put in for my podcast, which arguably didn't have as many of the big guests. I, I think at that point we had only had uh, George Stromalopoulos on, which is still huge. You know, it was yeah. a big deal for us, but um I don't know. I didn't take it. And I'm wondering if it's because I've always put an emphasis on keeping my show uncensored and the CBC's maybe not, I don't know, but uh, you never know. You know. That's the thing, right? It's like, yeah. you just don't know. And most of the time when you put yourself out there, you, you won't know why you didn't get. Yeah, the exactly. You can't so fix it. There's so many different ways it can go. Yeah. So you kind of have to be, you do have to be okay with just kind of like, having the mentality that I'm, I'm going to give them something that I think they might want. Yeah. This is my take on it and they can take or leave it. And then you That's have to be able to walk away. The best advice. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, <laughs> like, again, if they didn't take it because of swearing and stuff like that, I think that's kind of awesome too, because like I, that makes me happy because I'm, I'm very, very uh, co- committed to that idea of keeping it uncensored this show because I've gotten great conversations where people I didn't expect to drop an F-bomb suddenly did. And I thought it was hilarious. And I I just don't care. You know, I think if you need to express yourself uh, that way and it helps you to get your, your feelings out for the most part, who cares, but. That's your audience, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just go with the flow on that front and see who comes to you and 
don't put all your stock into like, I, th this needs to work or else I hate myself as a person. You know, like I've got my family, I'm a stay at home dad, essentially. I work uh, on call at the hospital. So I've got a lot of things going already that the show is, is just a fun thing that I do. I don't know. Awesome. I, can I just say, by the way, too, I've been admiring your, uh, your background there, all your posters. It took a <laughs> while. Yeah. We, uh, this basement was going to be, uh, where it was being flooded at one point, uh, like a couple of years ago after a big, big hit, we had like record rain and it was all messed up on the back wall and it was unfinished at that point. We kind of just kept junk down here. And at that point we were like, do we move or do we do something really cool and fix the basement and put the money into like getting a pump that'll keep a, you know, this from ever happening again, we chose the latter and it ended up being just such a fun experience. And, and I never thought in a million years it would have turned out, to be the way it's been this past year where I'm talking to you right now on my birthday, like what the hell it's like, so surreal, but, uh, but thank you. Yeah. And uh, every time people come in person, uh, we, I always try to get people to bring something, anything to add to the wall, to oh, try, nice. you know, just to add to the vibe of like, Oh, you've been here, leave a piece of your, your energy or whatever. Um, it's harder with zoom. Sometimes people mail me stuff, but that's about it. So what, what, what kind of things do they, do they put up? Um, I've gotten, sometimes people just pull out a business card. Sometimes people will doodle something when they're here. Uh, I've gotten posters, like promotional posters for whatever, if they're a comedian or something. Um, and then like when I talked to Fred Penner, he ended up telling, I asked him what was the most fun sort of celebrity encounter he had in the prime of his career. And, uh, he told a story about meeting Elton John at a concert. And he said there was a photo where Elton John pinched him on the side right before the photo. So he's got this big like, ooh. And uh, I said, I need to see this photo. And, and sure enough, he sent it to me and I put it on my Instagram and all that. But uh, I printed the photo and mailed it to him and asked him if he would sign it for me. And now it's up here. It's yeah, that's him in the red jacket with Elton John. <laughs> so I don't know. I just love throwing up crazy shit down here. Yeah, yeah, of course. Brilliant. Um, Okay, well, I'm going to switch to these fan questions now because I, I want to fit some of them in. People took the time to uh, contribute and I really appreciated it. So um, these are the ones I thought were really great. Someone, Christopher Ward Close wants to know which episode of Degrassi was the most challenging or demanding for you as an actor? And I would also ask as a person. Hmm, that's a good question. Um, let's see, probably... Well, interestingly, I, I, I mean, I guess I would say the suicide one with Claude, which it was dark before yeah. it became personal. Yeah. Um, that's just such a heavy topic. Um, but um, beyond that was, oh, actually, you know, the most challenging for me, because I actually like doing the ones, though, where you have to get where they're like serious subjects, because that's an actor's dream, really. Is, yeah. It's like a heavy topic I can really sink my teeth into. Yeah. Um, so the one that was the worst for me is where I had to do a rap <laughs> uh, about pollution. It was like the early Caitlin. I just Jenny watched that the other night. No joke. Oh, really? So yeah, you know, my fiance's never seen Degrassi, so we borrowed the DVDs from our neighbor, and I've been, like, giving her her educational journey through Degrassi. So it was, yeah, in the early days, they didn't, they didn't really know what to do with Caitlin, I don't think. She was going through this, you know, really like hardcore anti-pollution, her um, protests and stuff, and they had her do this rap uh, over the PA system at the school, and it was so bad. It was really bad, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and I felt, you could tell I felt uncomfortable doing yeah. it. 
There was no like rhythm. It was just someone like with a gun to their head. That's what it sounded like. That yeah, because I hated the actual rap too. It's like maybe if I could have made it my own or something, then I could have had more fun with it. But as yeah. it was, uh, but that's my fault too. I should have just. No, it was corny as hell though. Did, but I was still kind of green as an actress too. Like I just. Yeah, but they didn't give you a lot to work with. Like a rap has to sound cool and the lyrics were just kind of corny and lame. So like, I understand where you're coming from with that. It, I just, I was embarrassed doing it. And I think it clearly reads on screen. So I like, I cringe when I watch that. So that was, <laughs> that would have been the hardest. That's a great answer. And that was a good question. I thought too. Um, mm -hmm. This one, the name, I hope I don't butcher. Um, she, this was a cool question. How similar were you to your character, Caitlin Ryan? And if the answer is not very, I would also ask, um, was there a character from the show that you felt was more in line with you as a person? And this is a question from Pooja Agarawala. I believe I got that right. So uh, yeah, that's a great question, I think. That, that is a very good question. And I like the follow-up question as well. Um, I would say Caitlin and I were pretty similar. Um, and I, I mean, when you're playing a character for so long, it's it's just natural that you're going to bring a lot of yourself to that character over time. But it's always good to have those differences too, so that you're not becoming your character. And and Caitlin was very different for me in the sense that she um, was much more impetuous and would jump into causes without really getting her facts. That was just notorious for that. Um, I'm much more methodical and like to think things through first. Um, so in a way, I kind of admired that there's this character. She's not afraid to speak her mind, even if she shouldn't be right away. Um, so definitely different in that sense. Um, I trying to think if there's a character I would have been more alike. Um, but it's, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I feel so close to Caitlin just because that makes she sense. is a part of me now, right? So yeah. it's, even though we're different, I mean, well, and I had heard a lot of you guys, um, a lot of the stuff from the show and the storylines were often based around like real life stuff that the cast had been going through. So that makes sense that you were kind of intertwined with your character at points. Yeah. Yeah. They were like spies on set. They'd be listening to like our conversations. <laughs> no, and they'd, they'd also like just ask us and yeah, they, they paid close attention to writers to, to what was going on in our lives. That's what made the show so great, I bet you, is just that it was what people that age wanted to see and what they were really going through. And it's hard to write that as an adult. You kind of, you know, you get jaded and, and dealt the real grown-up stuff. And it's hard to remember, like, what was a big deal when you were 12? You know, how gut-wrenching it could be when some girl said no to the prom. Like, it seems so trivial when you're a grown-up, but, like, at that age, it can be, like, your whole world, you know? Exactly. Um, uh, third question... This is also a great one. I want to know uh, from Christopher Norphy. Was your husband a Degrassi fan before you guys met? Uh, no. no, no, which was good, actually, because, yeah, I think it was hard for me to to meet guys if I knew that um, they might think of me as Caitlin. So I like yeah, for sure. That he knew of the show. And being an actor, he'd even had an audition for the show once that oh, he no way. actually turned down. So um, we actually met at an audition. And, um, but he didn't know that I was from the show when he met me. He, so he met me and he wanted 
I think he looked at my name on the, the sign-in sheet to see who I was and then asked his agent if uh, that name sounded familiar or anything. And I think he found out through some detective work. Um, and it wasn't until like two years after that, that when Facebook became a thing, because there was a time when Facebook was not a thing. Oh, I remember. I'm not that old or young rather. <laughs> And he reached out to me on Facebook and we had uh, some friends in common. So I was like, okay, maybe he's, he's safe. And, um, well, he's pretty easy on the eyes. Let's give him that. What's that? I said, he's pretty easy on the eyes. Let's give him that too. <laughs> yeah. That, that didn't hurt. You know, I was intrigued. <laughs> Not gonna lie. <laughs> no, he seems like a really nice dude. Yeah, no, he's, he's good. And, and being an actor, I think, helps too, right? Because we were both in similar professions. Like, I had made a vow to myself that I was never going to date another actor, but you know how that life doesn't always work out that way. So. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, yeah, it's, it's great that it turned out that way. And it's great in the sense that he wasn't like a, some Degrassi fanboy, because I think that would have been, <laughs> I don't know that that would have lasted. I, I think having someone idolize the character you played and getting all that mixed in would just not work out, but... That's just my opinion and yours apparently too. Um, Eric Smith wants to know which castmates were you closest to offset? Obviously Amanda slash Spike is, we just talked about you guys being DJs together. So I don't know if it gets any more BFF than that, but um, who else? Well, and with Amanda though, it didn't happen. It's funny on when we were doing the regular Degrassi show, our characters barely interacted. So we weren't, we really weren't that close. I, I barely spoke to Amanda. Like, we knew each other, but we didn't really hang out. And her character was, like, a, a grade above mine. Oh, yeah, and, that's right. Um, not going to lie. I think I was a little intimidated uh, of Amanda. Because um, she was very, like, you know, speak her mind sort of. Yeah, did she of swear as much back then? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that hasn't changed. Um, but it was when we started doing uh, The Next Generation, and we were, like, the only adults on the show now. Um, that we re we realized we just have so much in common, and uh, she became she helped me through a lot of difficult times, and we just we we bonded. So that's when we became really close. Uh, during the show, I was closest with uh, Kira Levy, who is now Kira Joyer. Uh, she played Maya. She was uh, oh okay. Uh, she was Caitlin's best friend, basically. On the yeah, show. hung out all the time. Yeah. We, we hung out quite a bit. Um, Pat and I were pretty close. Uh, what, I think the main core of us that, that worked together were, were all, the whole, the whole set was pretty much a family. Let's just put it that way. But definitely there were some people, there were cliques. It's yeah, like yeah. School, right? Makes sense. Even, yeah. at this, even at this school, there were, there were certain cliques. And um, so, and I didn't get to go to all the parties that they went to because my parents were very strict. But oh, no. uh, yeah, I still have. I think Kira was the one I hung out with the most, and, and Pat, Keith, uh, Keith, um, Keith White. I'm trying to think of it, he played a character named Tim for a bit, and we did oh, a lot of Tim, opening to Degrassi talks together. And we were we would get together and uh, work on our music together sometimes. Cool. We're pretty close for that too. Yeah, it must have been such a cool uh, experience having all those castmates and growing up together, and but then also playing characters that are growing up together. That's what <laughs> I've thought about many times with Degrassi. It must have been a bizarre kind of a duality there of like you're you're growing up as a regular teenager like Stacy, but then you're growing up as Caitlin as well. Well, two schools. 
I had yeah. my real school and my fictional school. So it was, it was like a parallel universe going on. And I, I felt like I fit in better at my Degrassi school than my real school because they could relate to me more, you know, and they could understand like my schedule and I wasn't allowed to go to a lot of parties and stuff. So yeah, and it was a struggle trying to balance the two social lives. Yeah, I had asked Pat and Stefan something similar, and they said that basically the same sort of stuff that you're saying, that it was, uh, well, I thought that they would be super cool because they were on Degrassi, and they put that away and said, no, like, that wasn't really the coolest thing you could, or, which yeah. really does. When we, were, when we were in school, Degrassi was not necessarily the coolest thing to be on. Sure, but the show aside, you would think that if you knew someone that was just like a regular actor on a show, I would think that was cool at least. That's sort of where mind mind was, but, but I don't know. People are like, they might have really thought that was cool, but that's not how they approach you. Like that's, like yeah. for me, like maybe there'd be like one or two people that say, hey, are you on that show? But I think for the most part, it'd be people, it'd be more like kind of whispering behind your back or, I mean, certainly if it was people that I'd see on the street or if I was on a streetcar or something, it'd be more like, Degrassi, you know, and, and like to see if I'd turn around, you know, there's. Yeah, that doesn't sound that great. People weren't mature. <laughs> Makes sense at the age. Yeah. Yeah. Right. At that age, they don't, <laughs> so I didn't really fit in. Makes sense. Yeah. It's like you said, the people at the regular school would have a hard time understanding what you were going through as an actor. So. Yeah. Um, Oh, Jenny Gray wants to get a little gossipy and ask if you actually did date anyone uh, in the cast or if you ever wanted to date, like had a crush on somebody in the cast. Sure. And Pat and I have talked about this before too. I mean, Pat and I uh, tried to date. I think it was like, we, we became very close. Like he was helping me like, pick out you know he would take me shopping in his uh, his pimp mobile as we called it because he had this giant impala with the red velvet interior and the, the fuzzy face hanging from it was it was hilarious um and i didn't drive and he was like he would volunteer to drive me around um help me pick out clothes for like some of our award shows and stuff and we we became we became very close um but i always had this fear of the crossover it's like we we're playing um, like he's my love interest on the show and I had this thing about I, I want to keep reality separate from, from the show because yeah you're blurring the lines yeah. blurring the lines and then when the show's over like is it real is it not real I just in my head I had to keep them very separate um, well and the opposite of that would be what if you guys were like yeah falling for each other and then something happens you break up and now you've got to pretend you're in love on the show even though you hate each other's guts or something you know yeah yeah, there's that too, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose, yeah. Make things extra awkward, though, if you just had some big fight and then it's like, Caitlin, I love you, you know. I used to have a, a goofy crush on uh, Stefan. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Snake. We used to, because he would make me laugh. He's, he's so funny. He's hilarious. Uh, he is. And, and uh, he was super tall, which is always appealing to women from what I've heard, you know. I'm six foot. I've done okay for myself. But uh, the taller, the better is what I've heard with some women. For, I don't know if it's a size thing. I just have a thing for guys that make me laugh. And uh, he, he, was, he was definitely one of those guys. And uh, 
But you know, when you're that age, you do immature things. I just like tie his shoelaces together while he's sleeping, or draw mustaches on his face, silly things like that. So nothing, nothing ever really came out of any of our crushes that we had. Um, well, you guys were pretty young, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's all high school stuff, yeah. Um, there was uh, someone who Shelley Newport who wanted to ask if you guys yeah. kept any props from the set. Um. I did for the longest time. I had like two medical alert bracelets. Uh, oh, medical cool. Because Caitlin had uh, her epilepsy. Epilepsy, yeah. Um, one, I think I sold a long time ago. Well, and I can get a lot on eBay. I was just thinking. <laughs> yeah, I think it was probably on. I think I got Pat to sell it on eBay or something. Like That's so cool. Years ago when I needed the money. Um, and the other one I gave as a, a gift to uh, Kevin Smith. Oh, and cool. I, uh, I stayed at his place once because we were talking about doing a film together. And um, yeah, I, I left it as like a, a parting gift sort of thing. So I'm sure he was over the moon because everyone knows he's a massive Degrassi fan. And I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. So it's cool to hear you bring him up even. Yeah, I feel I'm like not, I've got two sure. degrees of. I'm not sure. I think the reason I also felt like I needed to give him something was because it was not a very good uh ending meet. I, uh, I'd been in a fight with my boyfriend at the time and we kind of made up and he was going to come pick me up and I needed to write an, uh, my number down for Kevin. And I thought was, I found what I thought was some scrap paper by the phone. So I jotted down my, my phone number real quick, ripped it off. And he just looks at me and he's like, yeah, that was a really expensive um, comic or some, it was some oh, sort of... Some collectible. That, that just yeah. went on. If it was expensive, put it away. But anyway, yeah, I it. <laughs> and um, it was really awkward. So I, I just kind of like, um, here. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's a decent trade. I'm sure he was much happier to have the bracelet. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't hear... I wasn't in any, in, in any of his movies after that. Was <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. And now I kind of am curious what you wrote on, too. What's that? I'm kind of curious what it was that you wrote on, too. Yeah, I, I don't know. Some kind of graphic comic that I'm sure somebody had given him as a gift. Oh, man, yeah. That's um, a little awkward, yeah. Yeah, awkward. He was, he was more unhappy, I think, because I was leaving to go with my boyfriend that I made up with. So there was that on top of that. So it was all well, that's an important awkward. factor too. Yeah. Yeah. It was all very awkward, but that's a well, whole other story. <laughs> well, even on the, the show, when he came on to grassy, he ended up, I believe he wrote it right. And he wrote himself in to have this crush on you and stuff. So <laughs> that must've been interesting for him as an experience to be like this girl that I've had a crush on for my whole life. Now I'm my character is, you know, making moves. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like he finally kind of got what he wanted, right? He, you know, got to get himself in the Degrassi universe. Yeah. Um, so it was cool. Yeah, it was funny. It was fun. Yeah, no, those were great episodes. I, uh, like I said, I was a fan of his. So being a fan of Degrassi and his, I told this to Pat and Stefan too. It was cool to see those worlds coming together. But for <laughs> you, you have a, a unique experience. <laughs> um, but that's a great story about the bracelet. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> And then the last question was uh, actually about kids of Degrassi Street. So I'm not familiar with this actress. I, and unfortunately, I didn't write down who asked this, but they wanted to know if you kept in touch with Don Harrison, who was Cookie. 
Oh, uh, on Facebook, we're friends. Okay, cool. We don't we don't uh, chat a whole lot, but yeah, we're still uh, in contact. Yeah. Well, I forgot the question asker's name, but apparently it was important to them to know that, so I'm sure they'll be happy. <laughs> nice. Yeah. She, she I had uh, back to the original. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Got all episode. <laughs> no, no. I was just saying she goes way back to the. She was one of the very, very first uh, kids of Degrassi Street characters. Yeah. That's why I wasn't, un uh, I was unfamiliar with her. Um, there was a couple that were more just questions. Brad George from Australia was just kind of saying, you know, how do you like your international fans? He was just giving a, a shout out from across the world. I love it. And I know I recognize that name because I just mailed out, uh, I think, a headshot to him. So, oh, there you uh, go. That's awesome. Hey, Brad in Australia. Thanks for saying hi. I love my international fans. Are you kidding? Love them. It's got to be such I, a trip. I, I can't, I, I have to get to Australia one of these days. That's... We have so many fans in Australia and... Uh, oh yeah, you guys are really big over there? Uh, or at least we used to be. I don't know if we still are. <laughs> it's, been, it's been many years. But um, yeah, we had a huge, huge uh, Australian fan base. So it's just always disappointed that we never got to do any uh, press out there. Yeah. Are you, oh, I mean, it was very Canadian. Did you guys even do like US press for Degrassi or no? Yeah, we did. We did uh, an LA one. We went to Europe. Oh, wow. Okay. I was unaware yeah. of that. Yeah. Cause I guess the, the producer and director had all sorts of, um, you know, international markets that they were, they were dealing with. Um, I mean, it was shown in over 42 different countries or something. Oh, wow. So yeah. I knew it was on PBS or something in the, in the States, but I thought it was just a North yeah. American thing. I guess yeah. that makes sense though. Yeah. All over the world dubbed in different languages. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, okay, well, I don't want to keep you too long. You've already been so nice to chat with me for this long. Um, but we have a question we ask every season. We pick a question that's like the end of every interview I ask. Last season, it was, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? <laughs> this season, we've only had three guests so far. And I feel like the question was a little too broad. It was like, if you could go to any point in history for a day, uh, where would it be and why? But I've been getting some kind of really broad, I think it's too, too open of a question, too open-ended. So I'm going to change it. I'm going to modify it a bit. And this will be the new one going forward here. So if you could go and have dinner with any person that you've never met, dead or alive, and be that, you know, for a day or whatever, who would it be and why? Dinner with somebody that I've never met. Like famous or not. I mean. Oh, I, you know what? Uh, Barack Obama. <laughs> That's cool. Hey, that could still happen. Don't sell yourself short. Yeah, I mean, he's he's still around, and uh, he's just, I just love the way he speaks. Um, Same here. Love, I love everything about him, yeah. I just think he's awesome, so I yeah, find him very uh, inspirational. Yeah, he's I mean, really well-spoken. He gives... Same with great... Michelle, for that matter. Oh, yes, exactly. So, Both of them. Either one of them. If I could have like both of them at dinner, that'd be bonus. That'd be awesome. Yeah, they're such uh, poised people and, and well-spoken and they seem like they have good hearts. I don't know. Uh, and compared to the last little while in the States and the last first lady and all that, I mean, I don't want to get too political, but uh, yeah, I think they were a little classier. Let's just say that. Um, yeah, I roll. And then I, <laughs> look, now I just lost 60 subscribers, I'm sure. There you, so. you can cut all this part out. <laughs> no, no, whatever. I mean, yeah, it's true. Like I try not to get too political, but if someone asks me, I still have opinions and I'm not afraid to share them. And you know what? Yeah. Um, 
And I mean, it's it, it's gotten to a point where it's just insanity. What's happening in the world right now is yeah, and 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 criminal. So I mean, you gotta time for a change. I, yeah, it's frustrating when you can't when you feel like you can't do anything. So at least we can speak our mind, right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, and it's tricky too, because politics is such a dividing issue and people who would have otherwise been glorious friends get torn apart. Um, and half the time people are uneducated, myself included, which is why another reason I try not to weigh in too, too much. Like you want to be involved because you don't want to be the guy that's sitting back while the world passes you by. But it's a, a lot of work to get really involved and know everything, every little detail and be totally confident that everything you're saying is on point. So I find politics are, are a bit of a nightmare, you know? But um, well, I mean, and sometimes people just want a break from politics too, because we're so, we're inundated with it right now, whether we want to be or not. Um, it is definitely good to stay on top of things and to know what's going on. Um, and it's just crazy that at this point in life, um, it's it's just feels like it's gotten out of control. So um, yeah. I, I try not to be political too when when I do anything because it's a whole separate thing. But um, I think and, and I'm like yeah, I try I try not to judge people, right? I don't yes, I keep an huge. open mind and I'm not going to judge somebody. But there are just some things that I cannot ethically condone. Yes. So, well, that's the thing. You try not to judge, and it is important because there's a lot. That's why we've got all the tribalism now, is because everybody's obsessed with finding the differences all the time and, and then getting really aggressive about it. Um, so it's not to say that like, I'm just going to accept, like, I'm not going to have someone from the Ku Klux Klan and interview them or something like I have my limits. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> if it's race or human rights and human dignity, I'm always going to be on that side. But that being said, there's a lot of people who are just really misguided. And if you just scream at them and tell them how wrong they are, I guarantee you that's not going to go anywhere except yeah. that they're going to get more, fueled with hatred and anger and it's just gonna you know perpetuate what we're already in so uh, i think it's important what you said just trying to understand where people are coming from you know even when my dog just died the other night it made me think like when i felt so terrible driving him to the vet to drop off his body and i'm bawling my eyes out and you know feel just kind of angry whatever it made me just think about those day-to-day -day situations where you know you bump into someone at the store or whatever and you're like oh that guy was kind of a dick and it's like for all i know that guy's dog died yesterday or something so it's like yeah. really just keeping in perspective when you feel pain to remember that like somebody else that you think might be a huge asshole is maybe just going through a lot of pain and and that like a smile might go a lot further or like a positive comment or just try to be the bigger person sometimes you know absolutely well said well said bravo <laughs> thank you always great to end <laughs> off with a big monologue um thank you so much for for doing this this is so cool so surreal for me as a Degrassi fan and uh but just as a person you're awesome so thank you again Thank you. Thanks for making me feel so uh, so comfortable. This was fun. This is the first Zoom interview where I don't feel bad about cutting people off because you, you know, we established that we're both probably going to do that. So thank you. Thank you. And uh, have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. And happy birthday. I hope you thank do you. have an awesome, awesome day. Yeah. I mean, it can't get worse than the last couple of days. So uh, <laughs> everything's up from here, hopefully. Yeah. All right. Okay, take okay. easy. And, oh, one last thing. What is that microphone? It looks like a shower head from the Jetsons. <laughs> oh, it's a ball. Oh, okay. It's the blue. I Even guess cooler. Uh, hubby uses it for like voiceover work and stuff. So wow. I borrowed it because last time I had like, I think I did a podcast. I just had this echoey kind of noise. So mm. I'm still learning. I don't know. 
Same here. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, you know, figure it out. That's what we've been doing with this show. Just, I had to kind of relearn how to edit videos and, um, learn how to research people properly. And just, there's so much that goes into doing a show or a YouTube channel. It's really, people don't get it if they don't do it. It's true. If you, but if you want it to be good, you do it, you do it right. You, you put all that work into it. And so you're doing a great job. Thank you very much. And uh, you keep it up as well. Everybody go check out Stronger with Stacey Mystician on YouTube and www.stacymystician.com for everything else. Thank all right. You. See you later. Bye. Have a good one. Yeah, you too.